many of this nation's youth are truly happy? Well, we both know the answer, don't we? That changes right here, right now. Hello and welcome to Potex Podcast, an elevated take on the news. And uh, this week has been kind of interesting. It's been odd, I guess, in terms of what's surfaced. Yeah. um, I don't know. We found a few stories that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. So, I know this first one I found pretty interesting. So, Chase, you know how... Well, all through his campaign, even, Trump has been saying he wants to reform NAFTA. Yeah. Right? And, and, and he thinks that, like, America's not getting a great deal. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, part of that is he wants to put, like, the TPP stuff uh, into NAFTA. Right. But, so, uh, Justin Trudeau, the, the Prime Minister of Canada, recently made a statement regarding NAFTA. And he thinks mm-hmm. NAFTA is a pretty bad deal, too. I mean, because all that cheap American labor is making it really hard for Canadian companies to compete. Because, you know, the, the standard for labor in Canada is union labor. We are Canada's Mexico. Yeah, we are Canada's <laughs> Mexico. We, we're their cheap labor that they outsource to when they don't actually want to pay, like, union workers a fair wage. So... A lot of the like bigger tech companies from Canada are moving out here because they can pay engineers less because they can pay them in a like a, a non uh, a a pro right to work state. Mm-hmm. Right to work is a weird term for what it is. It's yeah. Um, it it's basically just a way for your employer to screw you over. Yeah, it sabotages so, and weakens unions. Yeah, and um. That, that was part of his point, that there are currently 28 states that have uh, right-to-work laws, which uh, hold back the ability for workers to unionize and like help actually bring to the conversation on like wages and like, insurance and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, and yeah. that's over half the country. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, for the better part of a century, we relied on unions... And we've just completely abandoned that idea. Right. The unions were the backbone of this country. They built all of the cities. They built basically all the infrastructure. Even mm-hmm. all of the war machines throughout the world wars. Yeah. <laughs> the, all the fancy American weaponry that helped win the world wars were all union built. Because America loved its unions back then. Mm-hmm. And now, like, they're throwing the unions under the bus whenever they can. And it's gotten so bad that, like, the leaders of other countries are like, hey, America, what's wrong with you? We don't want to cut any deals with you because you treat your workers so poorly. Isn't that a bit insane? (laughs) But, um, after his statement, there were a few Democrats in the Senate that are now sponsoring a bill to get rid of the whole right to work like idea at a federal mm-hmm. level so like these states yeah. won't even be able to choose to be right to work that makes sense so yeah it, it makes sense to treat all our workers evenly yeah 
because that would just allow companies like instead of moving out of the country to Mexico like some countries do or like to yeah. Asia they'll just move to Missouri because they can treat the employees like shit in Missouri mm-hmm. <laughs> and not have to worry about like actually paying them or you know, treating them well yeah until Missouri isn't good enough for their and, and then they move to Mexico or Southeast Asia or Africa. Yeah. Yeah, because they want to make more money and they start not wanting to even pay like shitty wages here. Mm-hmm. They, they'd rather pay poverty wages somewhere else. Yeah, and there are things that are made in Mexico that can say made in America because like one part came from America. Right, well you can call it made in America if the first and last step of the production process was done here. So if you make like your plastic gizmo that does whatever, if they produce the plastic, ship it out somewhere else, get it back made, and then paint it here, they can call it made in America. <laughs> Even though all they did was like prepare it and put the final touches on it. Like that's not even most of the work. Yeah. Know? And then even if you're just trying to be conscientious about those things, you buy something made in America, you you can't even trust that. Yeah, I mean, just because it's an American company doesn't mean it's made in America. Look at the car companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ford F-150 is made entirely in Mexico. And then a Toyota Camry is actually the most American-made car because all the parts are made here, put together here, (laughs) assembled here, and shipped out from here. Because it's cheaper than doing it in Asia. Yeah, most uh, BMWs are mainly made in South Carolina. Yeah, because it's cheaper than paying German workers to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it's Senators Elizabeth Warren, Sherrod Brown, and Kirsten Gillibrand that are now pushing this bill. Mm -hmm. And those three tend to be the ones that push forward-thinking stuff like this yeah so at least of our current senate so it's no surprise to see all three of them on this one this is a pretty good bill i I don't think it's gonna make it very far yeah not not this time around there's there's way too many special interests involved that are funding republicans and democrats yeah that that's something that's gonna be lobbied against on both sides of the aisle yeah i'd like to see this become kind of like John Conyers Medicare for all bill where you just keep pushing it and pushing it yeah every yeah. year yeah bring it up every year yeah and like fifth or sixth time we'll start to see more and more yeses and less and less noes because the people see like that their local senator is voting against their own interests because the people tend to be these actual employees you know very, yeah. there's very few like managers compared to the people they manage Mm -hmm. and then bring it up in negotiations with republicans no you won't get it Mm -hmm. but But keep bringing it up and harass them because the more you bring it up the more it's talked about the more attention it gets the more people like it and eventually they'll have to cave yeah i mean look at look at them uh trying to repeal obamacare yeah. They voted for it so many times just when Obama was president that it was just silly. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But they kept doing it 
to drive home the point that they really wanted to get it done, yeah. and their base turned out for that in the, in the election. Yep, and that was something they campaigned on, and it worked out for them. So we, we, this is a perfect opportunity for the Democrats to start the same thing, especially yeah. in like the first full year of Donald Trump's presidency. You know, mm-hmm. we'll start hammering that in now. They'll get somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the main thing with the Democrats, even with these like more centrist ones, is they don't know how to negotiate. They don't know how to add on more things to yeah. demand more than you actually want. They start negotiating from the middle. Yeah, they start negotiating from like a little less than what they actually want to get because they're like, okay, we'll come to the table already capitulating with them. Yeah, you should come to the table <laughs> wanting, asking for more than you want. Yeah, you should be like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to instate a $20 minimum wage. And then they have to go, oh, shit. Let's talk about a $15 minimum wage instead, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That gives you room to actually work with. If you come to the table asking for what you already want, you've got nowhere to work down to. And then when you work out the deal, it it looks good because it's bipartisanship, it's compromise. Right, it came from both sides because one side didn't get what they want and then the other side would be like, okay, we'll give you this. You know, it works out. It's positive for both of them. They actually look like they get along instead of this current climate we got where they can't even sit down and discuss anything. Yeah, and they, they, they throw like little temper tantrums like Chuck Schumer um, basically not agreeing to any of the deals that were proposed by Republicans. And then three days later, ending the shutdown a few weeks with the exact same deal that was offered yeah it's it's just ridiculous like how are you so politically inept that you can't handle that i don't know it's just like awkward posturing that they can't manage like yeah they're they're trying to be smart but they're doing it a dumb way (laughs) Mm -hmm. add on you know they're holding daca hostage and chip hostage we'll ask for daca and chip or even say, well, if you're not going to do chip, how about Medicare for all? So chips are relevant. Yeah, you know, give them a solution that's even better for a, for your position. Yeah, and even <laughs> if they don't want Medicare for all after that, you know, then it's like, well, then we got to have chip, and yep. they're like, all right, yeah, because we're so we're not going to do Medicare for all, but we'll do chip. Yeah, if you're going to give them an alternative, give them an alternative that makes them want to pick the original option. Yeah, and instead he conceded for a promise of a vote. Yeah. A promise of holding a vote that has, like, no legal binding. Yeah. If Mitch McConnell wanted, he could just say, nope. Yeah, he could just drop it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's up to him. So. Yeah, he could just say, no, we're not taking the vote. You can't make me take the vote, so I won't. And then even if they do take the vote, there's no guarantee that it goes in a positive way. They might end up dropping it anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, they weren't even promising to try and get try and get the Republicans to pass it. They're just promising that they'll vote. Right, and then there goes protections for like millions of kids right there. That's no good, you know. Yeah. (laughs) They they really bungled that one. 
and, and like both these programs, Staka and Chip, like it's it's weird how much they hurt children more than anyone. Yeah, well, the entire purpose was to help children, so yeah. And then here, the here are the Republicans trying to get rid of protections specifically for children that like are universally liked by both Democrat and Republican voters. Because who's really going to complain about something that helps kids? Yeah. <laughs> and, um... Oh, man. I lost my segue. You lost your segue? Yeah. Oh, it man. just rolled off. Damn. <laughs> well, we can just jump to this other little story I pulled up. Um, I'm, I'm sure this one passed by you at some point. Did you hear the Hillary Clinton news of the week? Um... I'm not sure if I have or not. <laughs> oh well, one of one of her campaign advisors back in 2008 mm-hmm. wa- was found to be sexually har- harassing like members of Hillary Clinton's campaign. Oh damn! And just recently, it came out that Hillary Clinton, who knew about these incidences, was actively protecting him and helping him keep his position. <laughs> so <laughs> there. There's, Hashtag feminism. Yes, there's there's great feminist icon Hillary Clinton defending a man while he sexually harasses a, a young woman that works for them. This is why she lost. Yeah, because <laughs> she, she can talk a great game, but she doesn't actually represent any of the things she says. Yeah. You know, Hillary, public position. Public position? private position yeah that was a whole scandal with her she openly said yeah i hold completely different opinions personally than what i say out in the public yeah so i don't know why people ever thought so if you're not fighting for your own personal beliefs whose beliefs are you fighting for your donors right it's that simple yeah and you, you can't trust someone like that you know someone who's just willing to openly like openly lie to people and then admit to it and then continue to lie. That is some ridiculous shit. Yeah, and so and every like it seems like almost everything she takes a position on, it, you catch her doing the exact opposite, no matter what it is. Yeah, I mean, basically everything, whether whether it's like this whole huge like sexual harassment issue that's now become part of the like cultural awareness. She's like actively going against that. There was the whole thing with her struggles with the Black Lives Matter campaign when she mm-hmm. was campaigning. Um, I mean, she's gone on record calling like black youth super predators. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's not a great influence in terms of race relations. Yeah, I remember watching the videos of um, the Black Lives Matter protesters interrupting Bernie's speech. And then the video of that girl who got into one of her fundraisers. Yeah. And they basically mocked the girl who decided to protest the Hillary Clinton thing. And then Bernie yeah. Sanders is like, oh, here you go. Have a microphone. Talk for a minute. And then I'll talk. And then we'll continue. Yeah. <laughs> That's how like an actual politician handles yeah. something like that. And, you know, and even the difference of like the severity of it, because at Bernie's speech... What happened is the two Black Lives Matter activists got up and took the stage and started speaking over him and 
and stuff. And so he just stepped away and let them say their piece. Um, with Hillary Clinton, she just had a sign that said Black Lives Matter. And she just stood, she, she just stood up near Hillary Clinton and held the sign, staying silent. And she was immediately kicked out. Right. I mean, what, what better can you expect from someone who says they're a proud Goldwater girl? She paid, <laughs> she paid thousands of dollars to be at that. Yeah, to bring her sign. To be at that fundraiser. And she gets thrown out for standing silently, mm-hmm. you know, but like. Hillary Clinton is and always has been a Republican. She just recently has been putting a D by her name, mostly because of her husband. Yeah. <laughs> if if it weren't for Bill Clinton, she would have been our current Republican president. Who's? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. So, and on every issue, she comes down with the Republicans. I mean, both John McCain and um, what what's his name? Dick Cheney came out in favor of gay marriage before Hillary Clinton did. <laughs> so, yeah, she's less progressive than Dick Cheney, and he's <laughs> literally Satan. <laughs> she's not a great like person to keep continuing to push at the national stage. She should no. really just fade away into obscurity. Yeah, I hate how there's still rumors of her running. For 2020, I I don't think it's gonna happen. I hope not. I hope. Yeah, she I finally, really hope not. I hope she finally learned her lesson and she realized just, that America doesn't like her. She's rich already. She needs to just retire. Yeah, she can just keep writing books. That's she can write a few more books. Go live yeah. on a lake house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not worry about anything. Just go go be Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she she's done <laughs> enough. She can just relax and do what just do what she enjoys. Not ruining the democratic party mm-hmm. and so um before we stray from this one i just want to pull just a few of like the names and incidences from the report mm-hmm. and it was a um it was mm-hmm. a chief campaign manager of hillary clinton's uh 2008 campaign mm-hmm. uh, oh here we go burns strider and he was found to be harassing one of the campaign pages Hillary Clinton actively knew about this and while she knew about this she had gone on record like saying that she thinks that Mr. Strider is doing an excellent job and that he should continue working on the campaign and she really appreciates his his input (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah that's I, I have no more to say about that that is pretty like it's that is it would be shocking that is classic but at this point clinton yeah at this point that's just another thing with her pile of shit yeah so let's switch focus to some classic donald trump Ooh, it's just a huge pile of shit we're gonna talk about the donald oh boy oh boy oh boy (laughs) so um a story broke from the uh, new york times and it was that Trump ordered Mueller fired, but backed off when White House counsel threatened to quit. Uh, this happened uh, in June. Um, he ordered his White House counsel, um, Donald McGahn, to fire, 
to, well, to order the Justice Department to fire Mueller. So it was, he was telling his lawyer to tell the Justice Department to fire Mueller. Right, because you got to complicate matters like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is business. There needs to be five middlemen, mm-hmm. and they all need to be paid. <laughs> um, so, and then now Robert Mueller found out about this um, during the last couple months while he was interviewing people uh, who were uh, former senior, former and current senior White House officials. Um, according to the report, uh, Trump claims Mueller has three conflicts of interest. Um, only three? Only three. Wow. That seems a little low. Well, I mean, this was still back in June. So, okay. <laughs> so first he claims that Mueller resigned his membership at Trump National Golf Club um, over some fees he was charged. Okay. And so, and so Mueller would try and get back at him oh, man. for some for, for some, some golf fees. fees. <laughs> those those evil fees. <laughs> Got to exact revenge on those fees by taking down the president of the United States. <laughs> okay. Uh, the second one is that. Um, Mueller used to work at the law firm that used to represent Jared Kushner. And it was at the same time. He didn't work on any of Jared's cases or... So he was just tangentially around there. Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) So, I don't know... I I don't... That one... Like, the first one was petty... Yeah, I don't even see how this one's a conflict of interest. The se- yeah, the second one's a stretch. Um, and the third one is Trump has been harassing Mueller, and so that's the conflict of interest, right? <laughs> right. That would be perfect, but no. No. Oh man, I feel like at least that one would have some standing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I treat this guy like shit. He wants to take me down. But it's not going to happen. I'll just fire him. What's the worst that can happen? Because right. I'm the president! Alright, so what's the third one? So, um, after Trump fired James Comey as the FBI director, uh, Robert Mueller interviewed for the position. And the day after he interviewed for the position of FBI director, he got offered the job of special counsel to investigate Trump. How's that one a conflict of interest? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that one's missing something. Yeah. Like, like the day after is it, he interviewed, he is got it a like different a, job. Is it, is it like a deep state thing? Oh. Like he interviewed at the like, FBI and the FBI was like, listen, we want to work with you, not as the director. You're going to infiltrate the Justice Department. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe this is just one of Trump's paranoid fantasies. Who knows? Yeah. It's so. just like the poisoned uh, non-McDonald's. Everything that isn't McDonald's is poisoned. And how you your energy comes from a battery inside you, and if it runs <laughs> out, you die. Or how global warming's a Chinese hoax. 
And that's why we don't need to be part of the Paris Agreement. At that point, shouldn't it be, it be a French hoax? It's the Paris <laughs> Agreement. <laughs> so, um... Even his paranoid fantasies don't make sense. <laughs> Even Magan, um... He, he not only refused to carry out the order, but he basically just told everyone around Trump, like, guys, he wants to do this. This is bad. We need to stop him. I mean, if so you, it was all hands on deck, like, Mr. President, no. I mean, if you fire the guy investigating you, isn't that an admission of guilt at that point? <laughs> I, like, you're yeah. not allowed to investigate me. I'm hiding some shit. Especially I'm after sorry. Comey. Yeah. I mean, already Comey, you're creating a pretty arguable case for obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. And so if he were to just fire Mueller just a few months later, yeah, that, that would have been a shit storm. That would have been like an open and shut case at that point. It's like, okay, everyone who looks into him, he gets rid of. We need to just subpoena everything. That would really cement him as a shithole president. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, don't worry. Give him time. He'll get that. That'll, that'll be his contribution. He will be known as the shithole president. So now there's a kind of uh, ridiculous uh, article that was trending on... Fox News's opinion section on Saturday morning. Oh, that's going to be a well-articulated, carefully thought-out and constructed opinion, right? Yes. Okay. This opinion is, CNN has gone bananas and doesn't seem to care, and other horrible examples of media bias. Ooh. They've (laughs) gone bananas. (laughs) B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Now, like like a lot of things at Fox, they hit on like some truths, like but they're only like small, little concessions of truth used to try and legitimize all the bullshit. Well, remember, every great lie is based in truth. Yeah. So that makes sense as far as that goes. You got to start somewhere factual in order to come up with something crazy. Mm-hmm. So, this article starts out, Yes, CNN staffers have lost their minds. Ooh. One year of Donald Trump's America, and he's defeated them as thoroughly as the New England Patriots beat, well, just about anybody. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know the Patriots were just known for beating everybody all the time everywhere. I mean, at this point, kind of, yeah, they're just known as just being just ridiculously good at winning football games. You mean cheating at football games. Because that's, (laughs) I mean, I don't follow football, but all I really know of the New England Patriots is that they were deflating their footballs. Yeah, there's there's (laughs) been a couple scandals. So, I mean, if you're so great, why are you cheating all the time? Come on, guys. (laughs) That's the thing, like, like. Even when they're not at all, like, accused of cheating and, like, they're, they're still amazing, but for some reason, they're they cheating. get caught up <laughs> in these scandals. Um, and so, it says, now we're a year into the most biased U.S. media in history, tracking at 90% biased against President Trump. 
Wasn't there a whole like era of U.S. history with the, like the pink pink news? Wasn't that no the yellow news? Yellow yellow journalism. That's yeah mm-hmm. yellow journalism. When journalists were just like completely making shit up in order to sell newspapers, mm-hmm. like they weren't even bothering to find facts. They were like, you know what? I'm gonna write about how in Nicaragua people are starving. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't know if this really competes with that. In just one week, CNN staffers blamed President Trump for a man who tried to harm people at their headquarters. Ran a piece celebrating cuckolding and questioned whether the president deserved credit for all the good corporate news of raises and bonuses resulting from his tax cut. Well, corporate raises and bonuses aren't good news, guys. That's bad news. Yeah. That's people who didn't do shit getting more money because they got lucky and they were in charge of some people who actually did work for them. Yeah. And all the, like, the touted, like, bonuses at all these companies. Well, they're giving people bonuses and then just firing everyone else. Yeah. You know, it's like how Walmart recently shut down, like, hundreds of, um... Sam's Sam's Club locations. Because they wanted to pay some more of their higher-ups some. So they dropped some stores. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Celebrity clown and chief CNN White House correspondent Jim Acosta had repeated run-ins with whoever the Trump administration put at the podium. In each case, they smacked him down and showed the lack of depth in his reporting. <laughs> Ooh, they don't, they don't bother to give examples here? They're just like, oh, all the time. Yeah, no, they, they just have these links that all lead to these weird right-wing like nothing sources so even when you follow the information they still got nothing to back it up yeah isn't that convenient um this is office of management and budget director mick mulvaney had to explain to acosta that the reason the government shut down was the fault of democrats is because of basic math the gop has 51 senators and mulvaney told acosta you know as well as anybody that it takes 60 votes in the Senate to pass appropriations bills, right? <laughs> so. Well, it only takes 60 because they use their ability yeah. to go for a simple majority already on the tax thing. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, the simple majority is reserved for budget decisions. Yeah, because you don't the want a running. shutdown on your hands. Right, that's really inconvenient for everybody. Especially if you're if you're if you're in control of all levels of the government. Yeah, as the Republicans currently you, are. Yeah, and you let it shut down. And that looks bad on that them. That is that is your fault, no matter what. Yeah, the Democrats can't. could be doing something absolutely ridiculous. The Democrats could be demanding we blow up the moon and it would still be the Republicans' fault. Because they can pass a simple vote and they chose not to use their simple majority on the budget because they can only do that once a year and they decided to use it instead on the tax bill. Which, like, they probably could have gotten passed anyway with the 60. Because I'm sure some Democrats would have folded on that. You know? Yeah, they, they 
could have worked at it for a bit longer. Yeah. But they desperately wanted a win in 2017. I mean, well, they had basically nothing, so. Yeah. They tried, and it blew up in their faces, and now they're trying to shift the blame away. You can't really let them do that. The blame falls squarely on them. Yeah, their only real accomplishments have been appointments and executive orders, which are just givens. Yeah. Nothing can really stop that, unless you've got, like, a complete different governmental setup below the president. Uh, says, um, it goes on to say, Acosta wannabe and CNN political analyst uh, Brian Karam didn't do any better when talking to the president's chief economic advisor, Gary Cohn. Karam wondered how we've witnessed, quote, a litany of businesses that are going to give back to the American people. But isn't it unfair to give the president credit for that? Cone smashed back, pointing out that business executives, quote, feel better about the U.S. economy and feel like the lower tax rate allows them to share more of their potential earnings with their employees. Right. Their CEOs and their CFOs. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the guy picking up Gary Cone just owns that CNN guy. Oh, totally. Totally owned him. That's, that's the kind of dialogue we want in our news. Ownages by repeating by repeating a simple soundbite that's been used forever now. Yeah, just destroyed him, <laughs> and that leaves out CNN host Christiane Amanpour featuring a Russian LGBT activist who repeated the anti-Trump slur, comparing him to Stalin. About as fair as CNN Films releasing its new Ruth Gator Gator Binsberg. (laughs) Ruth Gator Binsberg, you know that. That Supreme Court Justice, Ruth Gator Binsberg. The RGB. Yep, all right. (laughs) So they got a uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, so it's about as fair as CNN releasing um, the Ruth Bader. (laughs) God damn it. No, I got it right. I got it it right. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Peter Ginsburg documentary RGB mm-hmm. RBG RBG red <laughs> blue and green come on <laughs> at the Sundance Film Festival the film is more like a tribute than journalism Entertainment Weekly described Ginsburg as the hottest celebrity at the festival thanks to CNN's video press release well I mean you make a video about someone, it's kind of going to be more in either praise or defamation than really like factual about them. Yeah. And You're presenting a piece of like media at that point, you know? Yeah, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's been, she's been um, a Supreme Court justice for a long time. Yeah. And I feel like anyone in that position, they're going to have an interesting story. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Antonin Scalia. He was crazy, but his like yeah. his history is pretty interesting to read about. In fact, there's currently a big conflict—not not conflict, like a nonsense kerfuffle about Ruth Gader Ginsburg. <laughs> and the the thing with her right now is that she said that um, she's not going to attend the State of the Union address, mm-hmm. which apparently that's a big no-no that people are trying to make even though Antonin Scalia hadn't attended the State of the Union for two decades 
<laughs> like regardless of the president <laughs> he yeah, just yeah. he didn't go to that shit he had more shit to do like yeah. he was busy justice he's doing shit yeah he actually had work he didn't have time to sit around and watch a speech that didn't directly affect him because the supreme court operates independently of the rest of the government mm-hmm. he had other things that were more pressing for his time and now they're trying to make a huge conflict there on, on that on the subject of time that, that's a great one to bring in this topic here <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about this vox article before we end this episode and it's uh, how bosses are literally dictators by uh, Elizabeth Anderson. And uh, this was back in September, but I noticed this one today and I thought it was yeah. like, great. This was a great one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's popped up in my feeds. Yeah, this one like showed up just the other day for me. And um, on, on the very first one here... It says, consider some facts about how American employers control their workers. Amazon prohibits employees from exchanging casual remarks and small talk while on duty, calling this time theft. Yeah, dude. Now, just on that note, Amazon is currently facing a lawsuit for that because their warehouse workers are suing for the fact that their pay is being docked because they're talking to their coworkers. Any job I've had with like a large company, always in the big orientation class, there's always a section on time theft. What constitutes time theft? Yeah, you know, time theft is when you're not spending every moment you're at work working. <laughs> yeah. So if you're talking to your customer or your coworker, that's wasting time. That's th- time theft. We're going to dock your pay. <laughs> yeah no that's just like the first of these examples and i think they get more ridiculous thing as more ridiculous sounding as this goes on mm-hmm. so there's uh apple inspects the personal belongings of all its retail workers some of them whom lose up to half an hour of unpaid time every day Damn. And that's because like on your way in and out of work they stop you and completely search you and your bags and everything on you in and out and, and you're not getting paid for that they're, they're taking that out of your time that's up to a half hour every day right there yeah. of, of time that you're not being paid for but you're at work while work is going through all your shit right? yeah i i've i've had to walk through metal detectors and put my bag through one of those airport scanners to get into work before yeah and I'm sure you didn't get paid for that time. You got to clock in no. after security. Yeah. Not before. Not when you actually got to work. Yeah, and then <laughs> we and then um, had to change, get dressed into uniform there. And then we did get like just like a thirty minutes of walk time Ooh, added. Walk time. And so <laughs> basically, it's like. That, that was their way of compensating us for that, which I was good. But here's the thing. That was a union job. Yeah. <laughs> still... if, we, if we weren't unionized, we would not be getting that. That's for sure. Yeah, you wouldn't even get your time to walk around the park while you work at your theme park job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
And the third one, and this is all just in the opening paragraph of this long piece right here, is that Tyson prevents its poultry farm workers from using the bathroom. They're currently facing a lawsuit too, because some of their workers were forced to piss themselves at work because they weren't allowed a bathroom break. That is absolutely ridiculous. Like, that's shit you hear about, like, happening in second grade when the teacher's just, like, fed up of, of a kid asking yeah. to go to the bathroom, bathroom and they're like, no. So the kid just pisses their pants right there. Yeah, and that's, like, that's people who are working around your food, too. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not allowed bathroom breaks, so they gotta piss themselves. That's, that's exactly what I want to hear from the people who handle my raw food. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Watch out if you're buying Tyson chicken. Yeah. That's some gross shit right there. But it goes on and says, um, Over half of U.S. employees are subject to suspicionless drug screening by their employers. Yeah. Millions are pressured by employers to support uh, particular political causes or candidates. Uh, employers are now uh, empowered to withhold contraception coverages from employers' health insurance. And can even penalize workers for failure to exercise and diet in their free time. Yeah, that that one's a few of these are through like um, the health insurance companies mm-hmm. charging extra, like or they offer discounts. It's not even charging extra; they offer discounts for people who like eat healthy and exercise frequently and like have proof of it. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and so they view that as the requirement, and so they penalize their employees. And yeah, there's all sorts of ridiculous standards that employers will put on their employees, even going to like their personal time. Mm-hmm. You know, like Scott's, like the lawn care company, Scott's Lawn, they, mm-hmm. they had fired an employee for smoking off-duty, like, like in his free time at home. And this is cigarettes, right? Yeah, Not smoking even like cigarettes. Weed. Yeah, no, he was smoking tobacco at at home and like in his free time while out and about, and he was fired because like their health insurance wouldn't cover a smoker, so they just dropped him. That's. Uh, or um, San Diego Christian College recently fired a teacher for having premarital sex with her fiance, who became her replacement. What the hell? Yeah, so they're, they're going to punish a woman and then hire her, her fiancé. That... The man who she had premarital sex with, which was the grounds for her being fired. This was this was San Diego, right? This was in San Diego Christian College. Yes, it San was. San Diego is so weird. Like, there's... They got, like, two halves to them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, um... I mean, that that's what Dr. Seuss's, uh... What are the Sneeches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what... That's literally what that book is about. It was him looking... He lived in San Diego. Yeah. He lived in La Jolla. And it's basically like two completely separate and opposite communities in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. But um, this this piece is incredibly long. I'm going to put it in this episode's description because I really think everyone should read this. Mm-hmm. The main point it really like comes down to is, you know how they always say like, oh, the government should be run like a business. And, like, we're not even going to discuss how that's a terrible idea. Just look at Kansas to see how terrible that idea is. Kansas is, like, a third world shithole at this point. Mm -hmm. So, 
but the point that they make is that no businesses should be run like governments they should yeah. they should have like an open constitution to them and their employees should have a direct say in all affairs of the business in the standards of the business uh, it should come down to the people who are actually working there yeah and you can still have people at the top who have a bit more of a say right i think that's fair because you're using them as their values as you know them knowing yeah business and stuff but still the the government their <laughs> companies you know they're a type of organization. Right, and that, and, and that, they make that point here, and that really a government is just any organization that controls an aspect of your life. So it makes no sense to think of businesses as something other than a government, because businesses in their corporate structure are a government, and so should be treated as such. And if we actually viewed them that way, like they might be run better, because yeah, their employees would get to say what they do. If you have, like, a standard, like, 9 to 5, 40-hour mm-hmm. week, then, you know, the, the company is controlling. A third know, of your life. Yeah, a big yeah. chunk of your life. You know, like, on the weekdays, like, at least, like, at least, like, half your waking hours. Yeah. I mean, that was, like, a union standard at one point. A third for work, a third for sleep, and a third for play. That mm-hmm. was something we once fought for in this country. And now it like we should actually get to do something about that one third for work, you know? We should yeah. be able to influence how the that is run. And I think this article did a really good job of that. So I'm gonna tag it into this episode description. All uh, right. if you liked what you heard today, feel free to follow us. You can catch us on Twitter at PodTakesPod. Uh, we post up a and audio every Sunday. And yeah, see ya, folks. See ya.